good. Um, I thank God for this ministry. I started coming here in 2007, and I know some of you I know, some of you I don't know. Uh, I'm in school, so a lot of times school keeps me tied up and I'm not here. But I recently moved to Savannah in August, and um, after living in Midway for almost five years after my divorce. But I was trying to find a place, and actually I had been fighting against it for years. I didn't want to move to Savannah. Actually, I wanted to move away from Georgia totally. <laughs> but um, God has had other plans for me. But the Lord blessed me with the place. Uh, one place that I wanted I really liked it, but the man didn't want to go down on the price. So I said, well, okay, well, we just move on. It was disappointing. But then God did exceeding abundantly above all that I even asked for, even thought. And I thank him for it. You know, uh, sometimes we seek out people to help us, but God wants to do it himself. He wants all the glory. And I struggled with it for a long time because I was looking at what I had coming in instead of looking at who I served. And God brought everything into fruition. Things that I didn't even, things that I desired. I desired, I didn't have to have a garage, but he gave me one. I didn't have to have a deck, but he gave me a deck. And I just thank God for that. Now I can get to work in less than 25 minutes. I can get to church in less than 20 minutes. So I thank God for that. And that's just one of my testimonies. My other testimony is the way that God has been keeping my oldest daughter in Texas. Uh, some of you know, some of you don't know that she was diagnosed with um, some tumors in her head and the blood pressure gets uncontrollable. There's been times that she caught the bus, three buses, two trains, and went to the hospital. And her blood pressure was so high until it wouldn't even register. And they're looking at her like, you walked in here? But we know that it's God. God has a purpose and a plan for her life just like you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. We go through different things. My story is not your story. My struggle, things that I went through, is not yours, but we all go through. But one thing that we all have in common, that we have a Savior that has a purpose and a plan for our lives. But I thank God for Kingdom Life Ministries. I mean, we started out over in the conference room, and the first time I came, Richard, invited me and I came and I'm sitting there in worship and my spirit is saying you're home you're home and I never had experienced that type of worship not to that magnitude before but it's always been a place where I wanted to tap into and I thank God for what he's done in this ministry I thank God for each and every one of you I went through a divorce after being married for 30 years. But God, I mean, telling you, the healing process 
was sped up because of the love, the encouragement, and the word that was going forth in this place. The worship and the prayers and the encouragement. I thank God for that. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Another testimony. Quick, quick, praise God. I love it. Give God the glory. Amen. A couple months ago, me and my wife, we were walking through the mall, as we normally do. She's shopping, I'm just walking around. We see this young lady going into the, one of the shoe stores or something. I yelled at Luana, I said, that's Zini. I know her, we know her. And went back in there and I yelled in her name. She stared at us, you know, like, took us a while to recon recognize us anyways. Uh, we asked her where she was going to church and she proceeded to tell us she gave us a card and all that. We never heard of it. We didn't even know how to get here. Good thing, GPS, like Lord GPS. But that was not a coincidence. I believe God ordained that day for us to meet. My life has changed. We've been, I don't know about you, we've been roaming sheeps. We've been going to church, to church, to church. It's not that churches are bad. It's, we, we got tired of the same old thing. Day in, Sunday, morning, Sunday night. Just, there was no God. There was no power. And we just, we just finally gave up. I mean, we just quit going. And then when she invited us, I couldn't wait for Saturday night to come here. And I tell you, it's made a change in our lives because we see the, the hunger. We see the power of God in this place. God is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And God has given me a hunger for his word more. I bet I... Turned the TV on several times and just shut it off and back to my room and played some worship music and got in his word all day long. All day long I read Psalms. If you ever read Psalms 119, it's all about his word. Get in his word. His statutes, his commandments and all that. But it, it has made a tremendous change in my life and in my wife's life. And and I know she's sick, but God said this is not unto that. This is for the glory of God. And it's going to be at his timing. And it's going to be for his glory. Man is not going to have nothing to do with it. It's going to be for his glory. And, I, and I'm just waiting on the day that's for walking here. And the power of God to hit her. And, and heal her from head to toe. Because it's, it's the word. It's the word. I pray the word over her every day. I pray healing over her every day. And, and I just, I'm, all I do anymore is just quote the word. And it's working. It's changing my life. It, it's, strongholds I used to have are gone through, through his word. And it, it didn't take a year, it didn't take a week. It's just quoting his word and it, is, it, it drops off. All these strongholds just drop off. And, and I feel more liberated, more at ease, more at peace today than I ever have in the last 20-some years, 30-some years that I've been serving the Lord. And I just want to thank God for this ministry here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is awesome. I'm, I'm so excited because faith, faith, 
we don't give up. And it's when it looks like there is no other way. That's why it's so easy in these foreign countries for people to get it, because there is no alternative. God is their only hope. And when they hear about Yeshua, when they hear about Jesus, that he heals and he is still alive and he is still doing it. And with one word, it can happen. One word, it can flow. Faith activated. That's all it takes is activation. And it's, it's, a spirit and you can grab hold of it and in a moment everything changes amen praise God we have faith and we don't quit because our souls are being renewed our mind and the word becomes one Hallelujah. And the power that is released is awesome. Praise God. Another testimony. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Praise God. All I can tell you is when I joined this ministry a couple of years ago, one of the first verses that I learned was draw closer to him and he will draw closer to you. And you have that's a relationship that you have to learn that he will draw closer to you as you draw closer to him. Well, there is a man that comes to this ministry, Andre Smiley, and he is a man that sits up front. Everybody has probably known him. But how we met was really, it was really cool, definitely through the Lord. But he always calls me 13, and that's my, his nickname for me. And one of the scriptures I always read out in the morning is 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, Though I speak with tongues of men, of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understood all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love suffers long. It is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in the iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The beautiful thing about this is my years here, I have learned not only that love can flow through me, that I receive love from everybody that comes here too. And even though I am a person that does not have a other person that walks by my side, the Lord for the past three years has always made sure to show me a love before every holiday through people. He chases you down when you draw closer to him and build a relationship with you. And every holiday, whether before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, he showers me with something. And I don't, I'm not asking for it. And it comes unexpectedly. This year for Thanksgiving, Wendy chases me down the day before Thanksgiving because the Lord said, give Lee roses. 
Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful because that was love working through a person. And then this Christmas was the most amazing experience. And that was amazing. I, <laughs> I'm not saying one is not for it. But this was, this was something that I did not expect. I am out. I come here to work in the morning. I go out later in the afternoon. And Andre Smiley texts me and says, 13, where are you? And I was, he said, I need to see you. And I said, okay, I'll see you here at the ministry, you know what I mean, during a certain time. He's like, no, 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 just keep by your phone. I have to get something to you. And I was just giggling because I felt excited, you know what I mean? I felt like God's bringing something to me. And I love Mr. Smiley, you know, and we don't even talk outside of ministry. So then all of a sudden he says, are you at the mall? I said, yes. I said, I'll be there at 3.30, meet me at this place. So I'm, I hear I just spend an hour buying a Bible for somebody, but I'm so excited to just get that transaction closed and go outside the mall. I go outside the mall, and it started to spit rain, and I look across the thing, and there's Mr. Smiley running through, saying, 13, 13, I'm chasing you. And I was just like, you're chasing me. And he came up to me, and he said, the Lord told me two weeks ago that I was to buy you a special gift for Christmas. And it was Bose headphones. He said, because the Lord said, you've been pressing through worship, but you needed something else to go to. And I love worshiping. And I have been feeling that. We've all had that moment where we've listened to the same songs and we love the Lord. But you know what? He was looking to take me to another level. And he said, the Lord told me this and he gave me a message for you. And I didn't read the message. He just hugged me and said goodbye. I go to the car, I open up the message, and this is what it said. And this was really cool. It says, love the Lord's, thus saith the Lord, love always loves back 13. It will, it, it will chase you down many times. And you know what? He wants to chase us down. I am not special. <laughs> I, am, I just seek Him. I seek Him. I do pursue Him. I love Him. I'm in love with Him. Almost to the point where I can't imagine another person that could fill the love that He does give me. And when He sends somebody before Christmas, Thanksgiving, a holiday, to chase me down, man, I don't know if a husband could chase me down <laughs> and get me so excited like that. But He said... And I just, I'm going to tell you, when I read this, I read it again. He will chase, it says, it will chase you down many times. The flood of the Lord filled me. I cried for, I could not even drive. I was crying. And then I had to go get a gift card somewhere. I'm like at the counter crying because it kept hitting me. It was supernatural. The flood of God's love, when it hits you, you can't miss it. You know it's Him, and He wants to do that for every single person. He wants to chase you down. No matter what, where you are on that chart, He is going to give it back to you. He gives it back to you. He did it. He's done this to me so much in the past couple of years. He's given me a little short vacation. He's chased me down, and I always know when it's Him, and you cannot, you cannot mistake it. So... What can I say in this ministry in the past three years is I've become debt-free where I owe no man nothing. 
And he finished that. He finished that this year. And praise the Lord because he, the thing, and how he did it was how he chased me down. I didn't plan it. I didn't expect it. It came unexpectedly. Every step to the point that everything I've experienced in the past three years, I had to stop and say, I need to back up and not get involved because this is God. So when I sat in that car on Christmas Eve and just cried, it wasn't crying because I felt sorry for myself. It was, it was the tears and the power of God's love that he wants us all to experience consistently. We can maintain that love. He wants it. And even when you feel you're weak, he is stronger. When he feels you can't take it, he's, he's got something or somebody to chase you down. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. That's In his love, everything we need is in that love. And the more that love is revealed, the more his love is revealed to us, and we open ourselves up to it and say, I receive that love. The more we open ourselves up and receive, and it's powerful. Oh, it's so powerful. And every Thing we need because he loves us so much there's not one thing that he would deny us we are the apple of his eye as if we were the only one and that's the miracle is that each one of us is loved as if we were the only one isn't that awesome more any more testimonies Praise God. Anybody? Tonight's tonight. We're here just to have a wonderful time, experience the Lord. Any other testimonies? Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I'm discipling people one-on-one during the weekend. And um, my daughter, Kristen Mason, uh, Krista was saying, she was real kind of teary-eyed, and she said, said Dad, there's, a, there's something going on in my stomach that I, you know, I'm getting sick all the time, all the time. And um, so that quick, the Lord said, turn to a scripture, that is in 119, Psalm 119. And he says, I send my word, and I heal you and deliver you from destruction. And I said, anytime the Lord, in these discipleship things we're doing, this, this, this mentoring, the Lord's giving scripture constantly. And that's for you. And I said, that's for you. And I said, the next time that sickness comes, you quote that scripture. And she called me. She said, Dad, it's amazing. It left just as soon as I quoted it. And then it tried to come back. And she said, I quoted the word again. She was driving. And it left just that quick. That's the Rima word. And you got to be in right relationship with Christ to get a Rima word. You got to be in him to get a Rima word. So that has so much power on it that it set her free just by speaking it. So anytime we give scriptures individually for people, 
It's Rima. That means it's a revelatory word. Rima words fresh just for you. Um, so keep that in mind. That's one testimony. Then the other testimony, I was talking to Jim Stone. He called me. We talked to Jim Stone yesterday. He, he called me. We called him back. He wanted to get together. And, and um, he blessed me with uh, the story of his dad. You know, his dad had a stroke. Wasn't it a stroke? And um, his dad's been an evangelist for, what, 50-something years. And uh, he was in the Methodist church for 50-something years and had a stroke. And he's like 75 years old or something like that. But he couldn't, he couldn't remember people and, uh, when he was in the hospital. So I was driving home one night, and the Lord said, go by there and see Mr. Stone. And I said, well, Lord, you know, I don't want to go up there if there's other people up there. He said, go up there now. And he was there by himself. Jim just left, his son. And uh, he was sitting, sitting in a chair in his room watching the news. And um, he recognized me. But he was different. It wasn't the same. Y'all remember him, don't you? We ordained Mr. Stone for, he wanted to marry somebody or something. He wanted to be ordained in this ministry. But he has such a zeal for God. I mean, he talks about Jesus all the time wherever he goes. Well, I talked to him. He was talking about the news and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, I said, well, let me pray for you before I go. And I don't even remember what I said. It was just one of those prayers. It had, didn't seem like it had no power on it or anything. And Jim told me today, he said he got his right mind back where he could recognize the name of Jesus. He, couldn't, he wouldn't even recognize the name of Jesus. You'd say Jesus, and he'd say, who is that? And here's a man who's been preaching Jesus for 50 years. He said, who's that? So Jim was real emotional on the phone, and his sister uh, would always go there and you know, read Scripture to him and stuff. And, but it tells you what God has entrusted us with here in this ministry. Us. It means all of us. Because um, if you're drawn to this ministry, it's by the Holy Spirit. And uh, and now Mr. Stone is getting his right mind back. And I told Jim I, I was going to go by and see him and uh, try to get by there once a month just to sit and talk to him, read the word to him. Wouldn't that be nice if you've been preaching the gospel all your life and somebody would just come by and read the word to you? He'd love that. So it's on my schedule to go by his home uh, once a month, one afternoon for a couple of hours. But I thank you for the testimonies, and um, it sort of lines up. We're going to do something different tonight. Um, I usually go right into praise and worship, but the Lord wants to do it different tonight. Remember I said Saturday night, we will not get in an organized church setting where somebody has to get up, somebody has to get up, somebody has to get up, somebody has to get up. And it's so easy to slip into that. That's not the order of the Holy Spirit for somebody just to get up. The order of the Holy Spirit is to flow in His order. And His order is always right. So you have to know how you're flowing and who you're flowing with. Remember in Romans, He said the, the uh, 
Uh, the sons of God are those ones that are led by the Spirit of God. So if you're not led by the Spirit of God, then we're still children of God. So there's a difference. There's children of God and there's sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters are like the Father. And so that's how we understand that the Holy Spirit has the perfect order. And um, so he, he was pouring in me this afternoon. I was looking at a book, and it just grabbed me, and he started adding things to it. Boom, 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 boom. And it's, it's the three dimensions of the supernatural. He said, Gene, I want you to teach on this tonight. Just get everybody together and just teach on it. We're going to go in and worship afterwards and bring the new year in with worship. Faith, the anointing, and the glory. Those are the three dimensions. Faith, the anointing. Are we recording this? Being recorded, okay. Because I want to go back and listen to it. Um, three dimensions of the supernatural. And he said, This is what he wants us all to meditate on, focus on going into 2013. Faith, the anointing, the glory. Let's put that other music on, brother, that Swanson, that. that Okay, I understand that, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, so faith is the first dimension. The anointing is the second dimension. And the glory is the third dimension. And, and everybody needs to be writing because somewhere in this message the Lord gave me, he, he, uh, he uh, kind of says something about the ones that aren't taking notes. So I, if anybody needs a piece of paper and pencil, I think I'll be taking notes tonight because the Lord has uh, got something to say about that. Um, and it's not me. Let's pray before I start this message. Just bow our heads and pray. Father, we gather together today and tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, because you continue forever and you have an unchangeable priesthood, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within. You're also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through you because you always live to make intercession for them. For such a high priest is fitting for us who is holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, separate from sinners, and higher than the heavens. He's a minister of the sanctuary and a true tabernacle which God erected and not man. Therefore we enter in through his blood that was shed for us, having access by one spirit with him coming boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy tonight and to find grace to help in our need. So Father, let your word tonight be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Direct my steps according to your word and let no iniquity have dominion. Because we rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure, and great is the peace of those who love your word, and nothing causes them to stumble. For your word is alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Your word is like the rain that comes down and the snow from there, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread for food. So shall your word as it comes forth tonight. It will not return to you void. It will accomplish what you please, and it shall prosper in the very thing that you had sent it to do. So, Father, we give you the service. We give it to the administration of Jesus Christ and to the helper, the Holy Spirit, to bring forth the full measure of your revelation in our hearts, in our minds, and ask that you have wisdom descend upon us all, Lord, and understanding descend upon us right now that we can receive from heaven your Rima word, your manna from heaven that redeems, reconciles, restores, and reigns. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that prayer. So, the supernatural for 2013, that's going to be our focus for 2013. Everybody understands the difference between the spirit and the soul now, right? Everybody knows that's there's two different functions. And we know the bondages that are in the soul. So we know all about that now. So we've got a clear understanding. So now we're going to go into 2013 teaching and ministering out the glory of God, the miracles of Jesus, the healings of Jesus. And the Lord said they will manifest if we do this. Okay, we got to do this. So faith, let's start with faith, right? Faith in your, on your notes, faith. Faith is not a presumption or an optimism. So I'm going to turn to Hebrews. Everybody knows that verse, Hebrews. But I love the word because it has life on it. I can turn to Hebrews now, and it might, might bring me to another dimension of faith just reading the same scripture again. That's what I love about the word. And see, I get so excited, my pages are out of my Bible, so that one's out. So I'm going to have to go to this Bible. We should be excited about the word. The excitement. The joy of the Lord is on his word. The joy of the Lord is on his word. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see, the natural realm represents time. Bondage that keeps us subject to the senses. We've got to keep that in mind. The natural realm represents time, and it keeps us subject to the senses. Faith has control over all the laws of time, space, and matter. Faith has control over these laws. So if we plan according 
to the supernatural realm and not the natural realm. So make your plans going into the next year according to the supernatural realm and not the natural realm. Natural realm. Don't be dictated by your senses, what you see, what you hear. We're not in that realm. We will be able to break the laws of time if you stay in faith. See, faith has been so contaminated, just like the anointing has been contaminated. Everything's been contaminated over these years, and God's having to clean everything up. Amen? Thank the Lord that he, he loves us enough to keep us back, get us back on track. Faith is God's radar in us to determine the distance and time between the natural and supernatural. Faith is God's radar in us to determine the distance and time between the natural and supernatural, the visible and the invisible. So you might want to write down Job 22. And I'll read that scripture, Job 22 and 28. Follow me, because this is, this is a good, this builds. 22 and 28. And we all have heard this scripture quoted before. You will also declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. And I love this. So light will shine on your way. How many of you have ever experienced light shining on the way you should go? That's what faith does. If we believe the word, no spirit working in the natural curse realm can touch you. It can't touch you. If you, are, if you are flowing in faith, you're in another realm. If you're not in the God kind of faith, then you're in another, a lower realm called the natural realm. And we've got ways to check to see if we're truly in that God kind of faith operating uh, in the back. God declares, this is what I love about him, he declares the end from the beginning. In other words, to get to the end, we must start at the beginning. Amen? To get to the end, we must start at the beginning. Faith touches things that cannot be seen. So if you're truly operating in the faith of God, the God kind of faith, you're touching things already that cannot be seen and converts those things into something real. That's what you have to know. If you truly have the conviction and the belief that something is going to happen for you, then it's already touched that, that thing. It's already touched it. And it's converting it into a real thing. God has already formed new organs, bones. He has already healed incurable diseases. And he performed... He has already performed creative miracles. All this is already in the faith realm. It's there. 
One time somebody said the glory of the Lord was just resting over top of this building. Well, I, you know, I need it down here. We don't need it on top of the building. So I've been asking the Lord for, for, since, since that prophet said that, um, help me get in right alignment for the glory to come in. Now, we've experienced the glory in here, but we're talking about the full measure where you've got creative miracles and you've got blind eyes being opened, all this kind of, kind of things going on. So he's given us the alignment here. That's what I love about the Lord. He's given us something to get excited about tonight and going into the next year. So our part is faith now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Faith is right now. I challenge you to activate your faith to believe for miracles that appear impossible. Because with God, there is nothing impossible. And if you can stick with him, nothing will be impossible. How do you stay with God? Through faith. Through faith. Believing the things of God. Believing the power of God. And it will come to pass. Faith is not tomorrow. Keep that in mind. Faith is not tomorrow. Tonight, faith is now. Tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, faith will be now again. So now, faith now can extract what is already done. That's what faith does. It extracts what's already done. So now you've got to talk like it. You've got to act like it. You've got to sing like it. You've got to walk like it. It's already done. That's how it, the, the natural realm that has attached to your senses begins to shake off of you. When you start acting like it, talking like it, walking like it, singing like it, it's already done. Faith actually feeds on the impossibilities. Faith feeds on the impossibilities. Unbelief and reason are the enemies of faith. Unbelief and reason are the enemies of faith. So, and we taught this in this ministry before, when reason hits your head, that is an enemy of God. And why did the enemy show up? Because faith was about to bring something real to you. Because the enemy doesn't know what's going on. Remember, listen to this. When you're in the faith realm, the devil don't know what's going on. That's another realm that he can't get into. That's that third heaven realm. He's in that second realm. Satan's in that second realm. So, so how does he know that faith has extracted something real to me to embrace? Because he's sending reason. The enemy's sending the reason. How does he know? Because he sees it. If it's real, he sees it. God comes out of time into time to bring your blessing. Because all the blessings here are in time. Amen? We're all in time. So, all believers should have a measure of faith in 
spheres of influence. Keep that in mind. Write that down in spheres of influence and levels of authority. Spheres of influence and levels of authority. And that increase, when that's increased, it, when it's exercised, it will increase. Your measure of faith will increase as it's ex exercised. All believers have a measure of faith in spheres, S-P-H-E-R-E-S, of influence and levels of authority. Spheres are, are, are uh, lot dimensional, right, and they graduate. It's like heaven's in that third sphere, that third dimension. And the enemy's in the second. And then we're in the third dimension. I mean, we're in the first dimension down here in the, uh, heaven's uh, dimension. So let's talk about faith. Now, this is open. This is, this is not just a normal service. Where's the mic? Right here. We got the mic. Anybody ask questions? Because I'm finished with that part right now. Any questions on faith? So everybody's got faith right. Okay. Faith is God's radar. Let's look at that. Um, faith is God's radar in us. To determine the distance and time between the natural and the supernatural. It's like a GPS determining the distance between the natural and supernatural, the, in, the visible and the invisible. That's why you got to trust faith. And the more you exercise your faith, the closer that dimension comes together. And when the super touches the natural, it's done. God's supernatural power, when it touches the natural, it's done. But faith keeps grace in action. And grace is the power of God. How many times do you think your faith has failed? Don't be bashful. I'll raise mine. Faith doesn't fail. Why do we keep missing our goal? Hmm? Faith never fails. I need somebody to pass this mic around. Somebody just, because it'll be good to listen to the questions and answers. Is that better? Better. Okay. I'm not good with testimonials, but I think maybe it's a feeling of blindness. Does that make sense? Because... 
There. There you go. Okay. Her blind face. Because when I came in and, and I met Christina this week, I was terribly troubled over my daughter's illness. And Help I was her. more troubled about me praying for her and her not praying for herself. Should I really connect in with God and spirit about her? And, and it was all just kind of jumbled up, you know. And I was trying to get it straight in my mind. And I'm like, I can't really pray for her. She needs to pray for herself. And she goes, no, 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 no. You know, you can get the spirit to go directly to her through your prayer. And I never understood that before. And so he told me what verses to go to and what to say to God. And then asked him to help my daughter. And I did that all day long. And I worshipped and I prayed because she was doing terrible and the very next day, I got a call from my other daughter who had her on a plane taking her to the hospital. So tonight, she's um, much better, and she's getting treatment and help she gets. So it just instantly worked Instant. for me. Yeah. See, that's powerful because... And to me, it was blind faith. I took... And I believe in God, and I feel God's in my, But I took what he said, and I applied it, and it instantly worked. So that's kind of, didn't question it, didn't reason it. I right. mean, if I would have, re I can reason anything now, trust me. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> All of us. Good thing. Um, but it, I got instant results, you know. And then you have to stop and go, thank you. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the relief that you forget to say thank you. Yes, amen. That's awesome. See, that's that Rima word again. Well, that Rima word is given to you. It's yours. Now it's up to you what, what you're going to do with it. And that word will have success or won't have success. If you'll do what you're instructed to do, and the Lord always gives me instruction for the people when he brings a word on what to do and what not to do. And so it's working. So we just keep putting that word out there, keeping that blood flowing. That's the key is keep the blood flowing. And the only way that blood can flow is in faith. That keeps the spirit of God flowing and the blood is in his spirit. And we want to stay in faith and confessing, confessing that word. That's what she did. She can, I told her there was no distance in, between her and her daughter. I gave her an example. We, she and I could pray right here and hit somebody in Africa just as soon as it comes out of my mouth. There's no distance. But the results vary according to your belief. You've got to believe it. And the only way that you can believe it is you've got to stay in this book. <laughs> I live in this book. This is my food, and that's why I believe it. And that's why I've seen the miraculous power of God work through me to, to deliver his redeeming power in other people's lives. So good, that was good, um, Pat. A blind faith. Sometimes you can be in faith so long that you don't think anything's happening. But her faith got her to this chair this week. And God took it to another level. And brought forth that word because she wouldn't let go of her daughter's healing. She she wanted her daughter healed, 
And the beauty part about that is, see, her blood is in her daughter. And if she's, not, if she's in Christ and her daughter is not in Christ, or may be in Christ, I don't know. But when she speaks the word, it's hitting her blood. It's flowing right into her blood. Because the blood's in the family. That's why he said, you and your household shall be saved. It just tracks them down. I've seen it through my family with my daughters, Kristen Brooke. And then when Mason married her, he got saved. And, and he's just, all of them are just taken off, blessed. Anything else on faith? It's a hard question, but when you have faith that someone is going to live and not die, but yet they die. So some people would say that your faith wasn't strong enough or you didn't believe, but I know I can say I have two sisters that passed. I believe all the way to the end, which I know, I know God could have raised them up if he chose to. Um, but then some people get the wrong understanding for it as faith goes with something like that. So what? Okay. What um, faith and confession gets things done. It's unstoppable. When you're confessing the word in faith, it gets it done. That's one answer. The other answer is, there is an appointed time for death. It's written in the book. There's a time for death, and there's a time to live. There's a time to cry, and there's a time to laugh. It's in Ecclesiastes. It's a whole list of things. There's a time for everything. So when their time's up, because I've, I've done funeral, funerals, and they were hard. Some of them were children. And um, the first time I did one was, gosh, I was only a three- or four-year-old baby Christian. And a high school um, a girl that I, in, in junior high, were friends with, and I really hadn't seen her since then. But she heard I was a minister, and her 21-year-old daughter died in the bed. Well, I never met the daughter. I knew anything about her. And this is what worship will do. I had to pour into God because I didn't want to get in front of all these people and didn't know what to say. The Lord took me back to when she was like two or three years old. I was actually in that place. And watched her as she grew. And each encounter she had with her mother, with her father, with her uncle, with her aunt, all her families, there was a special encounter that everybody remembered. And I wrote it all down. And I said, the days are fashion before we're born. It's written in the book. It's in Psalms. Before yet the first day is done. So she made a deposit in every one of those people, and that was her mission. It was accomplished, 
and it was her time to go. God can use anything to get you to heaven. Anything. But when I started, I looked at that dad. I said, Dad, now they don't know it. This is what blew him away. Everybody's crying with joy. I said, Dad, you remember when, when you were riding that uh, red riding lawnmower? And she was running after you to get on your lap to drive with you? She was on her throne right then. You would do anything for her right then. He busted out with tears. That was his special moment. The special moment. And we went right down to the, the uncles, the aunts. It was incredible. It's incredible how much God knows us. So there's a time to die. And, and, and we got to make sure that we're praying for people, that we are praying in faith, confessing the word. Because it's the only thing that doesn't return void. You can pray in faith and say, Lord, heal them. That's not the word. You got to get the scripture and quote the scripture over them. Behold, I send my word and I heal them and deliver them from destruction. Any more, any more on faith? We're all clear on faith. Okay, reason is an enemy of faith. Fear is an enemy of faith. So when that hits you, Wendy, right here, she's, she's come so far in knowing what to do when fear hits her. She puts her headphones on, puts her iPod on, she starts worshiping. That's what you got to do. You got to push that stuff out. Because the only way, reason it's trying to come in is to stop God. Because those spirits see something that faith has extracted into something real for you. Get your iPod on, get your music on, and just start worshiping the Lord and push it back. So the second thing is faith. We got the first thing right, the anointing. The anointing. Second dimension of the supernatural. The anointing. The anointing is God doing his work through our humanity. The anointing is God doing his work through our humanity. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is a deposit, and I love this, to receive God's glory. Go to Ephesians 1.13. The anointing is a deposit to receive God's glory. Let's look at Ephesians 1.13. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That promise is the glory of God. That's the promise here on the earth. That should be our pro primary promise, our focus. Because once the glory hits your life, everything you need comes with it. Everything you need comes with it. 
sealed with the Holy Spirit. So when you got saved through hearing the gospel and believed it, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And the very next verse says, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We're the purchased possession. The Holy Spirit is, is our guarantee that we're going to reach full redemption. So his glory can rest on us. That's the goal here on earth is, is to have his glory on us. Faith comes in measure. We need each other's measure of influence and authority. God never sent anybody out alone. Even he told his uh, uh, apostles, disciples, he sent them out by twos. Sent them out by twos. We need each other's measure of influence and authority. That's why there's not that much authority in the church like Jesus had, because we're supposed to do the same things that he did, plus more things that he, that he even didn't even get to, I guess. I guess the only thing that Jesus couldn't do before the uh, uh, resurrection was um, the born-again experience. Because he said to his disciples, you shall do these and greater things than these. And the only greater thing than these, all these miracles that he did, is the born-again experience. That's the greatest miracle you can ever experience. So that's what he was referring to. So when the measures and the gifts unite, see that's what we're trying to do is get the measures of faith and the giftings to unite. God's glory will descend. God's glory will descend. Otherwise, his glory will not. It won't. If we are of the same faith, think about this. If we're the same faith, everybody's going to be in unity. Because the spirit of faith is to help you believe. And we got to believe that every per people that every person we look at and come encounter with as Christians, that they're good, there's nothing wrong with them, they're not talking about me, they're not doing this or that. You'll believe the best if you're truly in faith. Because faith helps you believe like God believes. And he is the God of love. And love sees no error, love sees no wrong, love does not keep an account of wrong. There's a personal anointing and there's a corporate anointing. Write those two down. Personal anointing and corporate anointing. And we're going to go to the first one in Ephesians 4, 7. Personal anointing. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. This is a personal anointing. Grace is an anointing. 
You can have an anointing for your business. You can have an anointing to perform miracles. You can have an anointing to be prophetic or to fulfill, the, to fulfill a calling. These are personal anointings. Corporate anointing is in 413. Let's go to 413. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. See, if we're not unified in faith, and if we don't come to the knowledge of the Son of God, you'll never see the glory of God. Ever. And you know, sometimes I think why some people uh, uh, have to tarry so long to get des desires met. Well, maybe God's just holding that off until we get knowledge of him. And the glory descends. Because when the glory hits, everything comes with it. Everything comes with it. And I'll get into that in, that, in this next thing here. Unity of the faith. How, how can we get in, unified in the faith? Who can answer that question? I need somebody to answer that question. Because it, we're, this is training for reigning. This is spiritual equipping. This is like a big classroom. Humility, excellent. If you stay humble and you stay in the word, faith, the true faith of God comes. When you get out of being humble and get prideful, then faith just got handicapped, stunted. Not effective. Because James says he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So can you imagine God resisting us? As a child, how would that feel if your parents have resisted you? As a child, just resist you. We don't want that. Jackie, that was excellent. Humble. Keeps us in the true faith. So the anointing is poured out when everyone present becomes as one in Christ. There's an anointing that's poured out when everybody present becomes as one in Christ. Because it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Underline knowledge in that verse. Because this is when miracles, signs, and wonders will descend Miracle signs and wonders will descend. In the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. When does knowledge come? How do you know how do you know God's trying to get the knowledge of his son to you? The knowledge comes. Through trial. That's when revelation comes. Remember, that's when revelation is un, uh, breaking open, is in the trial. The only reason the trial showed up, because the devil resists you receiving the knowledge of God. So when you tell, when you know the devil's re resisting you receiving the knowledge of God, then he puts fear on us 
and then we abort that knowledge. When you're going through a trial, God is trying to get himself to you. Let's put it that way. When you go through a trial, he is trying to get himself to you. But if we stay over in the realm, the natural realm, too long, we'll stay in the trial way too long. Way too long. And that knowledge will still be there. Because God is determined to get his knowledge to his children. So his glory, his manifest character presence can rest on the children and in the building. So the anointing is a thousand times stronger and more powerful than the personal anointing. That's why the devil's so busy keeping people divided in the church. Because it's a thousand times stronger than any personal anointing that you can have. Can you imagine that? That's the hundredfold going forth. A thousand times stronger. So with Kingdom Life Ministry, it's like a threshing floor. I think Jesus talked about it in, in Matthew or John. The threshing floor is where the, where the chaff is burnt up. Everything that's not of God is burnt up. And those who can stand it get purified. Those who can't, they run. Because there's too many identities, false identities that they're holding on to. And that's that chaff. You have an identity, and it's true. And it's Christ, the hope of glory in us. That's our identity. When I say mantles, anointings, it means the same thing. So one, as I go through this teaching, I may say mantle, I may say anointing, because they're really one. I just want to keep it, I want to make sure that you understand that. And what it symbolizes is authority, excellence, strength, and finances. That's what the anointing symbolizes. Authority, excellence, strength, and kindness. Authority, excellence, strength, and kindness. That's how you'll know the anointing is flowing. You'll feel the authority. Whoever is receiving it will feel the authority. That's the true anointing of God right there. And notice he, he put kindness at the end because one thing the devil, the devil's not kind. So the true anointing will flow just like this. Authority, excellence, Strength and kindness. The purpose of the anointing. Write that down as a header. Head. The purpose of the anointing. We're going to go to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. How many of y'all got, got blessed Saturday night? 
Wasn't that, wasn't that awesome? There was so much power up here. It was incredible. Yes. I said the anointing, well, I, I've seen strange things in different churches, you know, when they say I have the anointing, does it come in a form of a feeling? Because I've seen a lot of people act strange in churches, do weird things. What, what happens is, that's how the flesh reacts to the anointing. You've got to have a balance between the anointing and character. Because people won't act crazy if they got God's character in place amen that's what stopped a lot of people from going to church because of the craziness you don't see that kind of craziness in here we don't act crazy like that but there's power so character has to be in place and a lot of the leaders are operating under God's anointing but yet not ha has not yet been processed for that position. That means characters are not in place yet. You've got to go through trials to get God's character in place. Because that's the only way to get it. I don't care how, how, how good you've been, how, how much you've done everything right, you're going to hit that trial. And you should pass right on through it if you know this book because it the word of God will will keep you in peace knowing what's happening so 418 Luke the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor those are poor in spirit he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's what should be going on with the anointing. Not acting crazy. When the flesh is reacting to the anointing and everybody's yielding to the entertainment of what's happening, then the devil's getting all the glory. Amen, because everybody else will start jumping up and doing the same thing because it starts getting on everybody. When you let the devil loose, he's going to travel all through the church and hit everybody. Amen. This is truth. As Jackie said, humble. We should be living humble. Whether the anointing hits us, whether the anointing doesn't hit us. If you're humble, you won't act crazy when the anointing hits you. When the anointing hits you up here, it's the power of God that puts you on that floor. That's his love, his power. Our flesh can't stand too long in his presence. And we go down. That's the kind of reaction that you ha the flesh should have is going down getting out of the way and not acting crazy. 
think the word anointing is used, maybe misused sometimes, or it means different things. You know, different people interpret it different ways. Because sometimes the Lord has us step out and do things that seem silly or they might offend people, but it's what the Lord showed someone to do. Right. And they and they might say, "Well, I was under the anointing." Or yeah. So the Lord's character will always be in place. He'll not he'll not deter from his character if his anointing is sent to do a specific task or something. And the word says, "My thoughts aren't your thoughts; my ways aren't your ways." So he may have you do something that's contrary to the way man thinks. Right. But it'll be in character. That's the difference. Because there is sometimes he'll have me do something foolish but not act like a fool. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, he'll have me do something foolish but I won't act like a fool doing it. Because when the anointing hits, I've got to be able to let that anointing flow through character without it getting off track and prostituted to the flesh and the devil gets glorified. Does that make sense? No. One. Ask. Well, and then talk and talk about the presence of the Lord because you know, like when you experience just the, it feels like just waves coming over you or heat. You know that sensation of heat. Okay. I mean, to me, I've maybe sometimes interchanged said, you know. The anointing with the presence it's really the presence. Yeah, or that that when I get into the presence teaching up here, that might answer your question. If it doesn't, let's revisit that. Okay. Um. So we are at uh, Ephesians. No, Luke four eighteen. Luke four eighteen. I read that. So it is not for this anointing is not for self proclaiming, self. Promoting, that's not what the anointing's for when it comes on you. It's not for self-proclaiming or self-promoting or, or dishonest gain to satisfy fame and possessions. It's not for dishonest gain to satisfy fame and possessions. That's not what the anointing's for. When God gives you fame, his fame is authority. That's what his fame is. He said, I'll make your name great. That's one of the blessings of Abraham. He's going to make your name great. Well, that means when people know you, they're going to connect you with authority. And possessions will come. Because God wants to bless with everything he created for us to enjoy. But it won't come until the anointing has done its work. And the anointing is to do what? Set the captives free. Get oppression off of them. Clean up. Clean up time. That's what the anointing is for.
Let's look at Isaiah 10.27. Isaiah 10.27. Go back and study these scriptures, meditate on these scriptures. You know how to meditate now. We've got to meditate three times. And so that revelation, uh, Isaiah 10.27. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder, his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing oil is the representation of the Holy Spirit. Anytime in the Old Testament when it says the anointing oil, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now notice, it's Isaiah prophesying, the prophet. The burden is on our shoulder. The yoke is on our neck. Isn't that interesting? And that kind of burden and that kind of yoke will wear you out. That's how you know you got the wrong yoke. Jesus said, my yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is what? Light. Learn from me. And you'll find what? Rest for your soul. Not your spirit. Your spirit's already at rest. It's already right with God. That's how you know that you're right with God, is in the rest, when that peace comes. If you've got a busy mind, then your mind's not right with God. And the anointing will get you there. So the, the world and some of the church is full of insecurities, fear, depression, sadness, bitterness, loneliness, None of this should be in the church. It's supposed to be in the world. Amen? This is in the church. And it's not supposed to be in the church. Tormented by wicked spirits in need of someone who is anointed to break off these strongholds and give them hope. That's what the church is all about. We're supposed to be doing the work in the world. But we're doing it in the church. When the world's suffering. Because we're having to clean up our church. We're supposed to be clean. He said in John uh, chapter 15, you're already clean. Didn't he say that? He said you're already clean because of the word. So the word has got you clean. Clean. 